God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the, to the Tribe of, of Christians, Christians broadcast, either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, the Chief Sinner. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians broadcast. I'm your host, founder and ministry leader, Brandon Dawson. Now I'm going to reveal an incredible end times prophecy teaching concerning Mystery Babylon and its exact identity and how it will play a major role in the coming World War III in the pretext of the coming Ezekiel 38 War of Gog and Magog, the coming Third Jewish Temple, the rise of the Antichrist Beast financial system, its connections to the United States, and how the war in Ukraine may in fact be the very beginning point of it all. Now I'm going to include a list of all the source material below in the, in the about section and also in the comment section for your reference for a later time. And I will also include a chapter and timestamps listed below on each specific reference points. So if you guys need to go back and reference a particular subject or topic, as I mentioned, uh, you can do that. Or if you need to fast forward, you can do that as well. So now I believe in Ukraine... The war in Ukraine and the events that are rapidly unfolding concerning Russia, China, and Iran in relation to the United States, Israel, and the Biden administration gives us a major, major revelation concerning Mystery Babylon of Revelation 17 and its exact timing. That until it's very until this very exact moment in time, we would not have understand the meaning of any of it. If it weren't until just these very recent headlines uh, that are unfolding over the past few weeks in a couple of months. And so I believe now we have all the clues and all the pieces that we need to truly understand what's taking place. And how everything that we are seeing is gearing up for not only World War III, but also Gog and Magog. And the rebuilding of the Third Temple in the coming seven year tribulation period. Now the crucial piece that ties all this together in really gives us the context and the understanding behind what's really taking place is, in fact, Mystery Babylon, Revelation 17. Now, hardly any other prophetic evangelist that I have listened to or even uh, that I have researched don't even understand the weight and the gravity of what's really taking place behind Russia, China, and Iran. This stuff is heavy. It goes beyond the Soviet Union. It goes beyond America. And we're getting into the times known as Jacob's Trouble, the birthing pains, the rebuilding of the Third Temple, and with Gog and Magog. So I'm going to go through some of these prophet, some of the prophetic text here, along with some recent headlines. And I'm going to reveal to you the mystery of 
Mystery Babylon, its identity, and some major events that I believe will be unfolding a very, very soon, as early as I believe August or even September, that's going to really kickstart everything off. Now, in the end, what all of this is about, it's about God's faithfulness to his word, his faithfulness to his people, because he fulfills every single promise that he gives, both blessing and curse, both justice and mercy. He means what he says, and he will carry out every word faithfully. So this is about bringing justice to the nations. It's about magnifying his name above every nation, above every kingdom, and above every stronghold that has exalted itself above his name. Now, folks are about to come face to face with the very devastating realization of just exactly who God is. And this includes the Biden administration and every liberal person and liberal church responsible for the idolatries of liberalism. Ezekiel 36, 23, God says that I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name that you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, that I am proved holy through you before their eyes. Ezekiel 38, 23, I will magnify and sanctify myself and I will reveal myself in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So what we are seeing is the stage being set, God revealing himself, his holiness, and his faithfulness to the nations. This is indeed the beginning of what the Bible calls the birthing pains, the time of Jacob's trouble, and perhaps the very near imminent rapture of the church. Jesus also tells us, Luke 21, 25 through 26, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish, in perplexity, at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. So this isn't just talking about earthquakes. It's not talking just about wars and rumors of wars. This is also talking about tsunamis, things happening with the ocean and tribulations and horrifying things that are coming upon the nations. Matthew 24, 6-8, Jesus also says, You will hear of wars, rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed, because such things must happen happen but the end is still to come nation will rise against nation kingdom against kingdom there will be famines and earthquakes in various places all these are the beginning of birth pains so in the bible god uses a very specific phrase the fullness of sin being reached when he uses a measure a, a timeline or a time frame describing when a nation's time limit is up and when a nation has reached its full measure of sin that's when judgment occurs. Jesus refers to this in Luke 21, 24, when the time and the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, that passage doesn't just refer to the preaching of the gospel throughout the entire world, as mentioned in Matthew 24, but this is a specific phrase that's mentioned in Luke 21, 24 that's used to describe the fullness of these Gentile nations being reached. It's a fullness of iniquity, of sin. So this phrase is also very similarly used in Genesis 15, 16, right? Concerning, concerning Israel's exodus from Egypt into the promised land, the Lord tells Abraham, in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. So that's an example of God using this fullness of measure when, when the 
pinnacle of sin has been reached in a particular nation or people group. So the fullness of sin concerning the Gentile nations, I believe, are directed not only to the, uh, the world empires, but specifically to Europe and to the West. And so America and its Western counterparts have reached, have reached their fullness of iniquities or sin. The time limit is up. I believe the tipping point on top of everything that we have already been seeing, including the grooming of children and transgenderism, I believe go all the way back to 2015 with the legalization of gay marriage, 2019 when New York passed late-term abortion joined by eight other U.S. states who have in fact codified it into their law, and then January 2020 when our nation put forward a two-state solution to divide up the land of Israel between Israel and Palestine. And so we're going to take a look at three specific passages in biblical prophecy, Revelation 17, Ezekiel 28, and Joel chapter 3. Now, all three of these passages not only describe these specific nations that are involved in the war of Gog and Magog, but it also identifies the exact identity of Mystery Babylon, the city that rules over the kings of the earth and reveals to us just how close we really are to the end. Now, Joel chapter 3 gives us an additional look into war, the war of Gog and Magog, which takes place in the Valley of Jehoshaphat, which is also known as the Valley of Decision. And it tells us why this battle occurs. And it specifically names three very important regions in confliction with Israel, right in the heart of it. And they are Philistia, Sidon, and Tyre. Now, Joel chapter 3 The word says, In those days and at that time when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Judah is the area that's known today as the West Bank. Jerusalem and the West Bank are in fact captured. They were captured by Israel in the 1967 Six-Day War, but they have not exercised their full sovereignty over the land due to global scrutiny and, to be honest, a complete lack of faith in God and in fear of the nations. So God decides to change that, making himself known to the nations through this war. There I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people Israel, because they scattered my people among the nations. They divided up my land. They cast lots for my people, traded boys for prostitutes, and they sold girls for wine to drink. Now, what have you against me, Tyre and Sidon, and all you regions of Philistia? Are you repaying me for something that I have done? If you are paying me back, I will swiftly and speedily return on your own heads what you have done. For you took my silver and my gold, and you carried off my finest treasures to your temples. You sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks, that you might send them far from their homeland. Now, I need to explain something, a very few, very important key details about this passage that almost every scholar and prophecy teacher completely misses. They don't even ask the right questions. This passage is dealing not just with the past, but with the future the end times, at the full restoration of Israel, specifically Jerusalem. And so the Bible names three very specific cities, very specific regions in this passage. They are Philistia, Tyre, and Sidon. These areas, they were specifically conquered and destroyed by the Greek and Roman Empire. So if these areas, these cities were destroyed, then why does God reference them concerning the future? Very important key element to understand here. 
When the Romans destroyed Israel after the Maccabean revolts, the area of Israel was actually, in fact, renamed Palestine. Palestine is a Greek word that is derived from the Hebrew name of Israel's sworn enemy, the Philistines. Today, they, in the, they are in the area of the Gaza Strip, and the very, uh, they're at the very heart and the center of the two-state solution ideology. They are known as the Palestinians. And so Tyre and Sidon are also named and associated with Palestine, and they are the areas that are just north of Israel and Lebanon. And so Tyre is also specifically named in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 28 concerning the king of Tyre, in which the Bible gives us a very detailed description, not just Satan himself, but the coming Antichrist. And so Ezekiel chapter 28, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Say to the ruler of Tyre, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In the pride of your heart, you will say that I am a God, that I sit on the throne of a God in the heart of the seas, but you are mere mortal and not a God. Though you think you are wise as a God, are you wiser than Daniel? It is no secret hidden from, is no secret hidden from you. By your wisdom and understanding, you have gained wealth for yourself and amassed gold and silver in your treasuries. By your great skill in trading, you have increased your wealth. And because of your wealth, your heart has grown proud. And therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. So we're dealing with a financial system, a system dealing with trade and commerce. Now, because you think you are wise, as wise as a God, I'm going to bring foreigners against you. The most ruthless of nations, they will draw their swords against your beauty and wisdom and pierce your shining splendor. They will bring you down to the pit and you will die a violent death in the heart of the seas. Will you then say, I am a God in the presence of those who kill you? You will be but a mortal, not a God. In the hands of those who slay you, you will die at the death of the uncircumcised. At the hands of foreigners, I have spoken, declares the sovereign Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to me. This is now in verse 12. Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Now this is where we transition from Tyre into the, um, the description, not just Satan, but also the coming of the Antichrist, the lawless one. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, Chasolite and emerald, topax, onks, and jasper, and all the other stuff. Okay, not gonna, can't say some of them, so I'm just gonna skip forward. Now, your setting and mountains were made of gold on the day that you were created, they were prepared, and you were anointed as a guardian cherub. For so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God, you were, you walked among the fiery stones, and you were blameless in all of your ways from the day that you were created, though. Until wickedness was found in you through your widespread trade. Again, we're dealing with this corruption, dealing with wealth, with money, with trade. You were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mounts of God and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. Again, there's this constant theme dealing with this pride that's tied into this economic and trade system. 
So I made a fire come out of you and it consumed you and I reduced you to ashes and the ground of sight of all who are watching. Okay, this is dealing with a literal fire, the literal judgment of God. All the nations who were who knew you are appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. Now we know this, this uh, passage is specifically dealing with the war of Gog and Magog because in the following verses in 20 through 26 concerning Sidon, in verse 25, the Lord says, this is what the Lord says, when I gather all the people from Israel, from the nations where they have been scattered, I will prove holy, I will be proved holy through them in the sight of the nations, and they will live in their own land, which I gave to my servant Jacob. They will live there in safety, and they will build houses and plant vineyards, and they will live in safety when I inflict punishment on all their neighbors who malign them, and they will know that I am the Lord God. So, this is the very context of the war of Gog and Magog. And this is dealing with God finally giving the revelation of Jesus, the revelation of grace to Israel, when they will come into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. So why does God, now here's the key question here. Why does God reference Satan and the Antichrist through the king of Tyre, who no longer exists? a city that no longer has a kingdom, because this is extremely important to understand, because Tyre plays a very incredible and very specific role in the creation of not just Mystery Babylon, the prostitute city that sits by many waters, but also the creation and the emergence of the very beast financial system and the Antichrist. There was a Phoenician king of Tyre by the name of Agenor, now, Agenor was in Greek mythology and history known as the Phoenician king of Tyre. The, uh, the Dory Greek historian Herodotus was born in the city of Heraconassus under the uh, Achmedian Empire, and he estimated that Agenor lived either 1,000 or 1,600 years prior to his visit to Tyre in 450 BC at the end of the uh, Greek-Persian Wars. So this is a literal real king. Now, in the Greek mythology, Agenor was also worshipped as a god because uh, in the Greek mythology it was said that he was born as the son of Poseidon. So Agenor founded the two cities of Tyre and Sidon. Now, King Agenor also had a daughter named Europa, which later became the continent Europe. That was, in fact, named after her. So, while Tyre was destroyed, the city of Tyre and the Phoenicians later immigrated and they evolved into the area that we know today as Europe. So, the city of Tyre was not only known for its trade and its luxury, and they were able to actually withstand against the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. But it also became famous for producing a scarlet and purple dye that was used exclusively only for royalty, kings, and queens. And so this is actually greatly emphasized in Revelation 17 concerning Mystery Babylon, the prostitute. Revelation 17, beginning in verse 3, the Bible says, There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls, and she held a golden cup in her hand, filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. The name written on her head was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations 
of the earth. So the Bible makes it a point to identify the color of this beast and the prostitute that's riding the beast being scarlet and being a woman clothed in scarlet in a purple dress. So this is not only a symbolic emphasis of her idolatry, which is being treated as an idol given royalty status, but literally identifies the location and the identity of this city associated with Tyre, who produced these scarlet and the purple dyes for the kings and queens. Now she's riding a beast that has seven heads and ten horns, which represent the world empires. And the final one, which will be the Antichrist world government system, and the ten kings do not have a kingdom nor an empire, but for one hour they're going to be given this great authority, which will be for the sole purpose of just creating the empire beast system that they hand over to the Antichrist. Verse 12, the ten hordes you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. They have one purpose. And that will be to give their power and authority to the beast. Now, the waters you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. Now, this is very important to understand this. They will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to a ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to hand over to the beast their royal authority until God's words are fulfilled. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. And so from Tyre and Sidon, the Phoenicians came Europe. And there is a very symbolic imagery that can be compared to Revelation chapter 12, the sign of the woman. In Revelation 12, there is a woman that appears and is clothed with the moon and the sun, and she's crowned with 12 stars on her head, and she's giving birth. So that references the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, the birth of Christ, and also the rebirth of the nations of Israel. It deals with the three and a half years during the seven-year tribulation period. Now, if you take a look at the flag of the European Union, there is also a crown of 12 golden stars, which represent unity. So now from Europe, okay, from Tyre to Europe, came the birth of the United States that was in fact legally and spiritually birthed right in New York City. New York City served as the nation's very first capital for the first five years, from 1785 to 1790. And then New York City served as the seat also of our nation's legislature, as a de facto capital from the time when our government was operating under the Articles of Confederation in 1784. Now, it was late in 1784 when the Continental Congress, in which Authority was vested at that time, voted to designate New York City as its meeting place until such time as a federal district on the banks of the Delaware River near Philadelphia could be completed. All right, that's Wall Street. That's the financial heart of New York City and also the United States. And so they had designated a commission to plan the district and then move to New York City. Now, the first session of the new Congress was held there, January 11, 1785. President George Washington, all right, our nation's first president, arrived in New York City April 30th, 1789, and was inaugurated there as our nation's first president the very next day. It was there at St. Paul's Cathedral that our 
nation's first Congress, our very first president, also dedicated America to God. So from Tyre came Europe, and then from Europe to America and New York City, Mystery Babylon was born. Then over the course of World War I and World War II, America through New York City became the superpower of the world as we know it today, transpiring the U.S. dollar to become the world's global reserve currency. Now, therefore, it's widely believed and accepted that the city of New York City may in fact represent, in essence, the mystery Babylon, the prostitute who essentially creates. She isn't the beast system, but she gives birth and creates the beast system, which will hate her. It becomes this world economic financial system that's ruled by the Antichrist. Now, take a look at the picture of the Statue of Liberty. Look at this. Her crown has seven points representing the seven continents and seven seas of the earth. Similarly, compared to Mystery Babylon's seven heads, she also holds a golden torch in her right hand, just as Mystery Babylon is seen holding a cup in her right hand. Now, similarly to... Now, here is where it gets even more interesting. What she is standing on is an 11-pointed star polygon. In the Jewish Kabbalistic teaching, this 11-pointed star actually represents the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the very tree that Satan used to bring sin into the world. Zechariah chapter 5 actually gives us an end-time prophecy that may very well be relating to Mystery Babylon, the prostitute, and into New York City. Then the angel who was talking to me came forward and said, Look up and see what is coming. What is it? I asked. He replied, It is a basket for measuring grain, and it's filled with the sins of everyone throughout the land. Then the heavy lead cover was lifted off the basket, and there was a woman sitting inside it. The angel said, The woman's name is Wickedness, and he pushed her back into the basket and closed the heavy lid again. Then I looked up, and I saw two women flying towards us, gliding on the wind. They had wings like a stork. They picked up the basket and flew into the sky. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel. He replied, To the land of Babylonia, where they will build a temple for the basket. And when the temple is ready, they will set the basket there on its pedestal. Now, originally, the wealth and the purpose of the United States was for the rebuilding of the nation of Israel. The United States was the very first nation to recognize the sovereignty of Israel, and we, in fact, gave Israel the money it needed to rebuild. Now, this was prophesied about in Isaiah chapter, in Isaiah chapter 60, 5 and 6, which says, Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant, your heart throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas, the wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Also, Isaiah 61, 6. And you will be called priests of the Lord, and you will be named ministers of God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in the riches you will boast. So what has happened over time is that the U.S. has weaponized has weaponized its currency and the dollar to actually enforce and manipulate trade, profits, and its massive overreach of power through the threat of not only sanctions and terrorists, but also the threat of U.S. military force and invasion. So the prostitute, Mystery Babylon, is not only the idolatry of the world, 
but also a financial system and becomes this agent that inspires and creates the coming global system that the beast system uh, that will emerge from. So that is why she's seen riding the beast. That is why the Bible also uses the symbolism of a woman, of a prostitute, because she is what gives birth and creation to this massive economic beast system. Revelation 17, 16, the beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. And so, if you search the internet concerning prophecies and prophetic dreams relating to New York City, there are two very main consistent themes to each and every one of them. Fire and a massive tidal wave. And so what is happening right now concerning the U.S. economy, the oil, the U.S. dollar, the proxy war that the U.S. has influenced in Ukraine against Russia has created and it has inspired this coalition of nations, which are in fact rising up in hatred and protest against the U.S., against the U.S. dollar and its currency and economic system. Now, this has to do with the petrodollar systems that the U.S. uses through oil transactions. So we are literally seeing Revelation 12, 12, or Revelation 17 come to pass. This is how the U.S. dollar enforces its sanctions and its tariffs through, the, through oil and these oil transactions. And so everything that the Biden administration has done through its sanctions against Russia has had the exact opposite effect. It has devastatingly weakened the U.S. and the West, and it has strengthened Russian and all of our enemies. So it appears that President Biden unintentionally, but in fact is, in, is fulfilling one of the most iconic and profound biblical end times prophecies concerning Mystery Babylon, the prostitute, the creation of the beast system and its coming destruction. This system is the fullness of sin, the pinnacle of the world's cultural system influencing the world into sin. Most recently through wokeism, liberalism, abortion, the LGBT agendas, and all that stuff. Now, Russia and China is God's answer to the destruction of Mystery Babylon. They are the agent that God uses to bring down New York City, the idolatry of this horrific liberal system. So God is going to use Russia and China to literally destroy this liberal, woke, democratic system, which I believe New York City, Washington, D.C. are going to be attacked and they're going to be destroyed, and very soon. Now from there, once they are destroyed, the beast and the Antichrist will rise in power in a new global world financial system that's going to be created from this coalition of nations. And then after God has used Russia and China to bring down the liberalism of the West, God will then use Israel to bring down and judge Russia and China through the events of Gog and Magog, including with the rebuilding of the third Jewish temple. Now, I made a graphic representation of what the what the prophetic timeline looks like uh, to try and point things into a visual perspective for you guys and to show you just how urgent the times that we live in. And this is based off of Daniel's prophecy of these 70 weeks. The events of World War One and World War II led to the reestablishment of the nation of Israel also giving great financial power to the United States for the purpose of rebuilding Israel. 
1967 Six-Day War led to Israel gaining sovereignty over Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, and the West Bank, as prophesied by Ezekiel, Zechariah, and Joel. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but there were also a lot of events that happened between 1967 and the early 1970s, which, which led to these massive oil deals being made with Saudi Arabia and the United States, giving the United States the superpower it has today. Now, the Bible tells us that it is um, after Jerusalem and Judah, after this is talking about the West Bank, after they are restored, that is when he brings Russia and the Persian nations against Israel in the War of Gog and Magog. So, therefore, if World War I and World War II uh, brought about the restoration of Israel, okay, World War III brings out the destruction of New York City representing Mystery Babylon, and it will lead, it's the pretext of Gog and Magog, and it leads to the rebuilding of the Third Temple. Once New York City is destroyed, along with the financial collapse of the U.S., a new coalition of nations will form uh, a new currency, which is being done right now through the BRICS alliances. Okay, At that, God will then move them to attack Israel, in which then Russia, China, all these, uh, the Palestinians and the Persian nations will be judged and they'll be destroyed. They'll be put to an end. This is when Israel will rebuild its third temple. Now, because remember, according to Daniel chapter 9 and also Jesus in Matthew 24, there will be a third Jewish temple during the seven tribulation period. All right. So the where the Antichrist declares himself as God. So in order for that to happen, there has to be a third temple. In order for there to be a third temple, Israel has to gain sovereignty over Jerusalem, over the Temple Mount in the West Bank. So some things have to happen. So that is when the temple, this is when the temple is rebuilt. Now sometime between the events after Gog and Magog, and before the seven-year tribulation period begins, is where the rapture of the church will occur. So, and as you can see, the world is literally, literally on the brink of World War III. So if that tells you anything, it should tell you that we need to be, you need to be getting your house in order. Get your family in order. You need to ensure that every aspect of your life is in obedience with God, with his word, and you're abiding in every single word that Jesus spoke to us doing everything that he commanded us to do because the end is literally just around the corner in at any moment. Now, before I end the, and conclude this message, there's a few articles I just want to show you guys just to show you the validity of what's happening. Now, this headline comes from the Jerusalem Post. It was just published July 5th, not that long ago. Russia orders Jewish agency to stop all operations in the country. The Russian government has ordered the Jewish agency to seize all operations inside the country. A senior diplomatic official on Tuesday said that Russia is saying that the Jewish agency illegally collected info or information about Russian citizens and comes as Israel has condemned the actions of Russia's invasion into Ukraine. So Russia is accusing Israel of spying on them. So this is a major turning point. Now, here's another alarming headline, Israel 365 News, which was published July 11th. Okay, that reads, New Israeli Prime Minister Lapid to work toward a two-state solution. Newly appointed Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid 
has agreed to meetings to renew talks with the Palestinians to create a two-state solution. Now, a phone call took place between the new Israeli prime minister and the Egyptian president concerning the two-state solution process. It was agreed to work to organize bilateral and multilateral meetings that would include Israel, Egypt, and the head of Palestine Authority in the near future to re-energize the peace negotiation process. The Egyptians' announced, uh, announcement stands in contrast to the benign statement of the Israeli government. So long story short, What's going on in Israel right now is that there are some ma- there were some major legal issues that are ending concerning the sovereignty in the West Bank, and I believe that the Biden administration is solely responsible for this. All right, they have placed a lot of forceful influence on uh, Prime Minister Bennett to favor the Palestinians. So, in consequence, Israeli Prime Minister Bennett's government collapsed after several of his own lawmakers from his own party. They were conservatives. They were pro-Israel members. And so they left his party over these issues concerning the West Bank. And so now a new left-leaning member has taken over the government and parliament until Israel will hold new elections. Now also from Israel 365 News, Biden restored $500 million in aid to the Palestinians. In a Washington Post article, the U.S. president calls his upcoming flight from Israel to Saudi Arabia, which is happening right now, symbolic of building relations and reiterates his commitment to reviving the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran. Now, here's where it really gets into the meat and grit of things. This headline reads, At BRICS Summit, China sets the stage to tout its governance model. Chinese President Xi will join with the leaders of Brazil, India, Russia, and South Africa to discuss issues of mutual concern as part of the summit themed around ushering in a new era for global development. Ahead of the summit in Beijing, Chinese state media have praised the BRICS, an acronym for these five emerging economies that together account for about 25% maybe a little bit more of the global economy for boosting multilateral cooperation with non-Western styles, forms, and principles. Now, in May, Chi called on the group to reject the Cold War mentality and block confrontation and work together to build a global community for security of all. Now, interestingly, Argentina and Iran have also placed bids to join the BRICS alliance. Iran is one of the nations that is named alongside with Russia in the Gog and Magog War, uh, known as Persia. Now, here's an article from uh, from The Hill, which says, An out-of-touch G7, okay, that's the Western nations in Europe, could lose global leadership to BRICS. The back-to-back meetings of BRICS and G7 have new significance with the Ukraine conflict in the background. Again, Ukraine sparking and inspiring new developments. It's uh, bringing in all this stuff. So Western nations have been pressing, pressuring countries in the global South to take a side in the conflict. Many have either abstained their votes at the United Nations or have outright supported Russia, earning the wrath of commentators. So what the media doesn't tell you is there are, in fact, a lot more nations, many nations that have, uh, in fact, abstained from condemning Russia or have outright supported Russia. Now, given this grim development, it is natural for the leaders of the developing world to discuss ways to circumvent un- 
or unilateral sanctions of the West and protect their economies, such as an alternative reserve currency to the U.S. dollar, or creating a larger coalition of countries. Both China and Russia have expressed interest in expanding the BRICS to include, here we go, Saudi Arabia, Argentina, Kazakhstan, Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, Indonesia, Niagara, Niagara uh, Senegal, and Thailand, and most recently Argentina and Iran. So, in other words, all right, the U.S.'s a proxy war in Ukraine against Russia is fulfilling Bible prophecy, okay? And we're going to see, eventually, the collapse of the U.S. economy. Now, an article that was just published uh, just recently, War News 247, on July 7th, it says, Energy Armageddon. Saudi Arabia begins record imports of Russian oil. Stocks are running out. So in the shock revelation that Saudi Arabia's strategic oil reserves are running out and the source is drying up, international analysts proceed noting that the kingdom now imports large quantities of Russian oil with, along with Egypt as an intermediate country. Here's another article from Reuters, published July 6. China extends record imports of Russian oil into June, cuts Saudi supply trade. China extends record imports of low-priced Russian crude oil into June despite a lockdown-induced slackening in its total crude imports, squeezing out supplies from the Middle East and West Africa, according to tankers tracking and trades. Now, this article, reported by numerous media sources, uh, but it comes from the Daily Mail. It was published July 9th. It reads, Russian Navy takes delivery of Putin's super sub, largest submarine to be built in 30 years that has enough firepower to take out entire cities and unleash radioactive tsunamis is set to go into service. Now, this is where we're getting into uh, literal attacks that are about to come against New York, New York City and Washington, D.C. This is probably how it's going to happen. The Russian Navy were delivered a doomsday submarine yesterday that's equipped with nuclear torpedoes the size of a school bus so powerful they could cause radioactive tsunamis. The 184, the 600-foot, 30,000-ton Belgorod submarine is the largest sub built in 30 years and can fit six 80-foot-long Poseidon nuclear tornado drones armed with and up to a 100 megaton nuclear payload. The, these unmanned weapons could produce a tsunami of up to 1,600 feet high and are built to cause devastating widespread radioactive contamination uh, likened to a cobalt bomb. Bosato torpedoes are designed to cause de to destroy economically important coastal cities by creating wide areas of radioactive contamination, rendering them unusable for military, economic, or other activities for a long time. Now, the ship is believed to be equipped with up to six nuclear-armed torpedoes that are capable of carrying warheads with an explosive power up to 100 megatons that would cause radioactive devastation if used against coastal cities. So to put this into perspective... Okay, the two nuclear bombs that the U.S. dropped, uh, World War II, were only about 1.2 megatons. 1.2 megatons. These things are capable of 100 megatons. So it was also revealed that this weapon has a range of 
thousands of miles. A warhead of this size would destroy the U.S. coast with a gigantic tsunami and a radioactive fallout, and Russian military experts suggested the uh, this was leaked in 2015, a warning to the United States. So they were warning the, unit, the U.S. back in 2015 about this thing, which is now, this thing is now officially in commission. It's now joined the fleets with uh, Russia. And so it's all there, guys. All the pieces are there. There's absolutely no mystery about any of this anymore. It is coming. None of this should be in any way, shape, or form uh, deter you guys from hope. Uh, in fact, it should. Uh, none of this should deter you from hope or f to keep you from preaching the gospel. Well, in fact, this stuff should strengthen your faith, move you to be more urgent, more bold in your messages, because uh, time is uh, time is up, man. It's happening, and it's all coming together. And we really need to uh, place a lot more emphasis, live our lives a lot more intentional. According to the people that we interact with every day, we need to be doing all that we can, praying for those around us that they come into the saving knowledge and revelation of Jesus. So this is going to conclude this broadcast message, guys. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, please get in touch with me through our website or by email. In the meantime, stay encouraged. Keep running your race. Keep fighting the good fight of faith and never lose hope. <laughs>